Hello all, this is Blonde Hair Girl. So, when I was, um, actually I told you all about how I had gone with my daughter to L.A. for a book conference. And then I had gone to visit her. her actually, I had gone down to move my son out of his dorm room. <laughs> And I stayed with my daughter, and we ended up going to a bookstore that she likes to go to in town. I ended up buying this book. You know, this is this is maybe not really that interesting, but I just think I I in in my life I have generally always read nonfiction. I have, the books that I've had, I have read some fiction, but I have read very little fiction, but mostly nonfiction books. And I had found this book um, by a guy named Brian Greene called The Fabric of the Cosmos. I bought a couple of books while I was there on sale. <laughs> and the other one is by Stephen Hawking, who I really, you know, he passed away not that long ago. And I was just, I was astounded, like this, like amazing, great mind had left the planet. And it just felt like nobody cared. I mean, it was, it was like the weirdest thing. He was just gone. And then nobody cared. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe people cared more than I thought, but it just felt that way to me. But anyway, and he, there was this movie that was, that was filmed about his life called The Theory of Everything. And I was, as I was watching that movie, I was, I was really realizing that in all actuality, there cannot be a beginning we think of like a beginning, but infinity would would actually include the idea that there is no beginning. I mean, supposedly, or maybe that's just my thought about it, and I don't even know if that's true. But he was trying to to prove like talk about the beginning of of space as a you know a I don't even know but the beginning of space or beginning of ex like awareness or existence or whatever is that is out there and as I was watching the movie I was I was like really taken back by how he was treated by his colleagues. He was treated really badly by his colleagues who actually ended up leaving the room because what he was saying was so far out. Um, but he had these theories that there was indeed no beginning. But that's my take on it. And I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> um, so... So I'm reading this book and and it's talking about time and space, reality. It's talking about 
string theory, which is very interesting to me. And, and so it's talking about string theory as in they were, they found out that there were these particles that they could not even identify that actually are the fabric of existence. And they, and they use the term strings and, and that they are so small that, that I guess barely detectable, if any, even detectable. I mean, the, the numbers that we're talking about are so minuscule and actually and vast like some of them are so minuscule and some of them are so like the speed of light is just so vast. It's like 670 million light years. It, like it's like some of it is incomprehensible, like an hour, like a, the speed of light is like 670 light years an hour. And it's like, I can't, I can't comprehend this. I just like, I can't put it in my brain and actually have any comprehension of it. But, but this idea of string theory and, and if there is this and matter and, you know, I don't know. I just find it all very fascinating and I haven't really got, I haven't gotten through the book, but I have read parts of it and, I, it's fascinating to me. I, I think it's actually a book with, that I would actually finish. Um, my daughter and I had this, this, this running joke when we were on our trip because I had told you all, those of you who listen to my podcast as I, as I post them, um, she reads a lot of romance novels and I had, I had made this, this, judgment about ro- romance novels as like I would never read a n- romance novel. I mean, I just don't see myself reading one. Um, but um and then she actually for Mother's Day, she actually bought me Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Which is incidentally one of my absolute favorite movies with Kira Knightley. Uh, I thought it was just the music in that movie is so incredible. And, and my daughter ended up buying me the movie and saying, cause I'm, she called me a fake, um, Jane Austen fan. <laughs> she says, you're not a real Jane Austen fan because you've never read one of Jane Austen's novels. And it's the truth. I never have, but I, I have enjoyed the movies that have come out of Jane Austen books. And, um, but my daughter says that that does not count. And so she's trying to make me a legitimate Jane Austen fan by having me actually read the book. Um, <laughs> um, but I was teasing her and I sent her like this, this email today or this text message saying that I might actually finish this book. Because I generally can finish my nonfiction books about things that a lot of people may not actually be interested in. Or I, I've like found like I don't see my daughter reading this book, but or any of my children. <laughs> I've tried. I really have. Maybe my youngest son, 
he is um he's studying aeronautical engineering uh right now um and so he might be interested in the idea of time and space um and the nature of reality perhaps but i cannot guarantee that he's actually that interested in it but anyway so backing up a bit so my dad was um my dad is no longer in this um realm and he had just such a massive impact on my life he was incredibly intelligent he was a math major he got a math um a bachelor's in math and a master's in philosophy and his my dad's thesis for his master's in philosophy was on time and space. And my my niece had ended up getting his thesis put to book form for me like right before she passed away. My my niece passed away about 6 months later after having my my dad's thesis put to an actual book form. And I had it, but I never really tried to read it. Honestly, in trying to read it, I mean, you have to make notes because he he wrote it as a Shakespearean play. And he had these different philosophers talking about their theories of time and space in particular. And he left off something. I had I'd read, I later, actually when my mom passed away, I had gotten some of his notes. And he had left off this other time, space, and something else. I don't know what the other, other thing was, but he had left it off. Um, because I think he just flat out ran out of time. You know how there's like all these deadlines when you're... <laughs> When you're working toward your thesis or your or your dissertation on um but anyway, so I was sitting there and I was you know my parents were were intellectuals, both of them. My mother passed away last summer um and my parents were both uh, intellectuals and and my mother helped my dad write his thesis. Not only write it, but also my mother typed it. Because back then, you know, I mean, you did all your typing on a typewriter. It wasn't like it was today. Actually, my dad passed away before it really, before personal computers actually really came to the forefront. But I remember he used to tell me that someday there would be, you would have, a computer as a watch and my dad was a computer programmer back when when computers were the size of rooms and he taught me about binary but when I was young I was really I was very much so like treated as though I was not intelligent uh, this was not, this was not necessarily, like, I feel like it was from family members, but also, I don't know, I just feel like throughout my life, I was treated as unintelligent, just based on the way that I looked, based on, you know, and I, I've talked, it feels like, 
a bit in my content about the fact that I was blonde, a blonde female. I feel like I, I was in some ways discriminated against and, and treated as though I was not intelligent because I was blonde, <laughs> um, which I know sounds like to some people it might sound ridiculous, but I think it's actually been true throughout my life. And, and so I did not think that I, that I was very intelligent, but throughout my life, I had, had all of these, these like thoughts, like these constant sense of theories, like, uh, what are we doing here? You know, um, just thought about all kinds of really bizarre things. And, but my parents had together written this thesis on time and space. And I had thought about how it had just been kind of shoved in, you know, if anywhere, it's just actually probably, I don't know how my niece got a hold of it to put it to book form, but she did. And, and I just felt like it just sort of got shoved in some kind of library somewhere, maybe. I think my dad graduated from Tulsa, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure where he um, he graduated, uh, with his master's degree, but my dad's thesis was definitely like put in some kind of library somewhere to, um, and so as I'm reading this, it's like reminding me of my dad, but my dad was really limited by a paradigm. My dad was raised a Catholic. My dad had actually been in the seminary and left because he didn't feel like he could give up his conscience and probably because he liked women. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like my dad really liked women. And so, um, not that he liked many women, but of course he saw my mother as, I mean, my mother was incredibly intelligent. Um, I, I cannot say how smart that my mother was. I, I made a joke about how my mother was like this combination between Shakespeare and, 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 um, Einstein. She was just so incredibly smart. Um, and, and so both of my parents were intellectuals and were very intelligent. And I was, but my dad was very much raised in this this paradigm of limitation that was brought on by the I would say the Catholic Church, which was my dad was a devout Catholic, and he was never gonna deviate from his faith. Both of my parents were devout Catholics. They they were part of the Protestant Reformation, um, the Vatican too. I mean, all these like. Um, all of these buzzwords that I can't even remember at this point because they're so irrelevant to me at this point in my life. But <clears throat> both of my parents um, were devout Catholics. And so they lived in this paradigm that had a lot of limiting beliefs. And, and so there was no... There was no working outside of those limiting beliefs. And that my dad, his life could be any different. You know, he, 
Anyway, so fast forward to me. um, And then I have this like life-changing event, you know, I end up right, you know, anyway, whatever. But I, I see the world and it's completely different. I can see, like I was like living that summer, I was living in these, these, I don't know, like almost like timelines, like dimensions, but timelines that were like, it was just, it was so crazy. It was like, almost like they all just kind of, I was living and like crossing through them all at the same time. And I, I don't, know how to like describe it but I could I can in some ways like experientially conceptualize it in my own brain I can't describe it the way I would like to but I can conceptualize it in my own brain and so this gave me an experience that I could not have understood if I had just read it in a book so if I had just read my dad's thesis or I had just read this this book by Brian Greene, I I would not have understood it, but I understood it, I understand it in the context of an experience that I that I continue to have on times. There are times where I can feel that I'm going into that again, where in this idea of deja vu or I've been here before I've experienced this before I've um and this has been like kind of mushed with me since like having these dreams where I feel like I'm almost like like able to see in a dimension or like like in a timeline, I can like look into a timeline and a dimension that I'm not actually like currently supposedly living in. I can like see like at times, like like during sleep, but also during my awake times. So far in this book, one of the things that has that has been the most pronounced to me is this idea that that I I believe <laughs> I'm using the word believe. I believe that that belief is one of the biggest components of this and choice. The choice to believe the choice to be able to to pick out a potentiality. So one of the things that he was talking about in the book had to do with with age. He talked a little a, a slight bit about age and he he was talking about time as in like like something about a, like a straight arrow that time is always going sequentially forward, supposedly. But I made some, some 
some like really bold and crazy ideas that all timelines are actually happening consecutively. Which only makes sense in the sense that there is only the present moment. If there is only the present moment, then all then all present moments are present in the moment. And so while we're thinking that our lives are consecutive from one, and it sort of seems like it, doesn't it? Like we go from like birth to like older age. But what if it is all just in our belief about it? That we believe that this is the way it is. That we believe that we have a limited time in this body on, on the planet. That there's only a period of time and that, that we are bound by our beliefs about everything. And I'm not even just talking about singularly. I'm talking about collectively. Like we've been told that this is the way it is. I mean, I haven't gotten very far through this book, but, but, but I think that we have just scratched the surface of, of how reality actually works. Just scratch the surface. I was thinking about, and I know this is kind of far out, and I don't know if I've talked about this in my material at all. I just don't know. But I had heard about this, this, these alien ships, that these alien ships like come and, and, they, and they are able to shift through dimensions to get here. That they're not going through supposed time and supposed space in the way that we think of time and space. They are going through dimensions and are able to be seen and not be seen. And so I think we've just scratched the surface. So we don't really understand much really about about <laughs> anything i mean it's so bizarre like you know this whole idea that we live in some kind of like matrix some kind of like like supposedly like this metaverse we live in in some kind of like weird weird like paradigm that <laughs> I mean we just think we see but like sometimes I just think about the most bizarre things like like that I live in like this body and that like I have five fingers like it's so freaking bizarre isn't it like we have like five fingers and like two eyes and two ears and like we hear and we see we have like these taste buds in our mouth. Like our, our bodies are so weird. And this is like the vehicle with which we experience this life on this planet.
in this like weird matrix of of reality. I I don't know. It's just so bizarre. <laughs> But anyway, I don't know if any of this is making sense. I am um, I had yet one martini and I am three seat sheets to the wind and I need to go to sleep. So hopefully hopefully this makes sense. <laughs> I'll come back when I'm like sober with with more thoughts on this. I'll have to like finish reading it. But it's just so bizarre, like, like to go from, my dad was so incredibly intelligent, but he could not move past his own limitations of belief. And so we are limited by our beliefs about things. And um, anyway, all right, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.